Welcome back to But Is It Healthy? We're here for episode eight and let's talk about the Olympics. I'm very excited because the Olympics are amazing. They've been slightly less amazing this year, but that's more because I don't actually get to watch them live. But anyways, let's get into, is skiing healthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah! So, as I mentioned, this episode is very much inspired by what's going down with the Olympics right now. There has been a lot of press revolving around the ski jumping incident and that whole debacle. I really don't have a dog in that fight. I'm not a super huge skiing fan. I dislike rules being applied to only certain people, though, so stuff to keep in mind, but it really did get me interested in whether or not skiing had health benefits, health risks, all of those fun things that you do see with sports, particularly sports that are played at the level of the Olympics. Played? I don't know if played is the right word to describe skiing, but skiing is a very intense sport. Now, very quickly, I do want to break down what skiing is just because you see different health benefits and health risks with the different kinds of skiing. Skiing has three different forms. It does have a lot more names than those three forms, but I'm going to hit the ones that I know of. And if you know of some other ones, let me know. Shoot me an email. Email is going to be in the link now. And hopefully soon we're going to have our social media up this week. Wish me luck. <laughs> but with skiing, you have alpine skiing, ski jumping, and cross-country skiing. Now, I'm mixing terms here. So when we talk about alpine skiing, another common term you're going to hear thrown around is downhill skiing. So that's gonna be the skiing very much about speed. You can get some jumps in on that, but it's very much about speed and motion. It's not about any human element there besides your control. With ski jumping, you're going to see a lot more of those muscle impacts. You're going to see some of the cardiovascular coming into play. Ski jumping is very different in those respects, but it does play into the alpine or downhill skiing just because of how you get up to that speed. And then the last one, I called it cross-country skiing. Um, the professional term would be Nordic skiing, so that's going to be skiing done by manpower. You are actively moving yourself, so that has a huge cardiovascular impact and is going to have different risks associated with it as such. You're going to be going at a slower speed, but you have more control of that speed than when you're letting gravity do the work for you. Don't assume that I'm saying gravity does all the work of downhill skiing. There's a lot of work involved, but it's very different. So that's why we have to keep that in mind when we're talking about skiing and we're talking about health regards to skiing. And as always, when we talk about sports, you're going to have different people doing it. So you got to remember a beginner is going to be different from someone who's an intermediate, is going to be different from someone who's advanced versus someone who is doing this at a professional level. I did not realize how widespread professional skiing was until I started doing this. And I found a study that involved 12,000 professional skiers, which just the number blew my mind because there's no skiing where I'm at. Well, we have a ski resort, but it's one of those man-made ski resorts. So really that's not a big part of my life. So I don't have as much knowledge. 
that I'm bringing with me when we want to talk about skiing. So, the benefit of this being that I don't really have a bias to tell you that it's healthy or that it's not healthy. So let's talk about those health goals and those health risks and the myths coming up. So, goals. A lot of people use skiing as a very social aspect. There's a lot of community involved. You go to a ski lodge. So a lot of people, this is how they experience community. And that is a great goal in and of itself. It's not one I evaluate too much on this podcast because social scare me. Um, but beyond that, when we're talking about like health things, people are doing it. They are looking to get cardiovascular workout. They're looking to get, in a lot of cases, this is where we're going to talk a little bit about myth busting, exposure to cold weather and hypoxia, just because there is a common belief that those things improve your health overall, whether or not we're going to talk about later on. The other big thing that when we talk about health goals regarding skiing is injury reduction. That's something that's going to come up a lot when we talk about any sport, because nobody wants to get hurt. We're doing this because we want to feel good. We want to experience those health benefits of working out, but nobody wants to be laid up because they've gotten injured. So that actually is where we're going to start off with because there is so much injury data out there on skiing. In fact, there was one study done in 2019 by a university in Austria that basically goes, hey, we're trying to do research on the benefits of skiing. This is our first stab at a meta-analysis, we don't have anything. <laughs> that was a major concern for them. But there is a lot out there about injury reduction, injury prevention, and what causes injuries with skiing. So we can come up to as recent as 2022, actually, a new study that just came out this month that does a big look back over everything. And it also is backed up by the 2015 meta-analysis that I found, as well as a couple of individual studies. So the data is very concurrent on this. It's very consistent. We can point to specific trends. Those are things that I love to find because that means we've done good science here. And that means I can give you actual information. So big things to know about skiing is injuries are not that common once you get some experience, the most recent number is that you are going to experience 3.49 injuries per thousand athlete days if you're a professional skier. What that means in English is that every day you have a game or a practice for every thousand of those, you're going to get injured about four of them. The, tech, the closer average would be three and a half, but I don't know how you get half an injury. That's no, don't know how to, how to do that. If you know how to get half an injury, please let me know, because that would be funny. Um, but that is a big thing to look at. That's a pretty low number. It's higher than some other sports when you're talking about professional levels, but that actually has an explanation, a very specific explanation, because when we're talking about those injury days, we're talking about skiing as a whole. That includes all three forms of skiing. And what they typically found is that athletes in skiing competitions get injured during jumps when they are attempting something that is outside of their set because they think they're going to lose. So what that tells me is that you, A, should not be doing things that you can't do, and B, we need to talk to our skiers about their confidence level. 
Other common things with injuries is that you see a lot of those injuries falling into the categories of beginners versus the intermediate advanced professionals. Now, like we said, professional skiers, you're going to see the most injuries from jumps and when they are in competition versus with advanced to intermediate skiers, you still see that increase of injuries coming from jumps versus the beginner skiers who are primarily getting hurt when they fall. And that is consistent across all forms of skiing. Falling is going to be where beginners get hurt. Other interesting things that we can notice when we talk about injuries with skiing is that you fall into two different injury types. You have head injuries versus lower extremity injuries. Lower extremity injuries typically come in the forms of Achilles tendon tears, um, ACL tears, and toe injuries, amputations, because cold weather does have some pretty risky aspects going on there. Um, those injuries are very dependent on the fit of your ski equipment and your experience level. The other thing that you typically see is those head injuries. When we're talking about head injuries, skiing has this huge, very beautiful graph that basically says if you wear a helmet, you're not going to have a head injury. This is counterintuitive to all of you who play American football and have ever looked at that because whenever we put a new helmet out for American football, you're going to see an increase in injuries because apparently men think that you can headbutt each other. But that's a big concern when you talk about helmets is that are they improving the injury rate or are they making it worse? Skiing, wear your helmet. Bicycling, wear your helmet. Most sports other than American football, wear your dang helmet. <laughs> um, people typically don't wear a helmet in skiing are doing so because they're saying, well, I'm wearing all of these hats. I'm wearing all of this cold weather gear. That should be enough. It is not. Wear the helmet. Um, the other things that we are seeing is, like I said, beginners get injured more than professionals, more than intermediate, and more than advanced. Looking at that, I don't have a lot of advice for people just yet. If we continue to improve technology to allow us to develop some kind of VR with a moving platform, credit to my dad for this particular idea, would enable people to skip the beginner phase and go out as intermediates. That would be awesome. We'd see a massive reduction in injuries. Until then, just be prepared. As a beginner, you're more likely to get injured. The other thing that beginners have going for them as far as injuries is that a lot of beginners are using rented equipment. Now, when we talk about rented equipment, a study was done looking at whether or not it was the fact that you were a beginner using the equipment that was the problem, or if it was the rented equipment that was the problem. Results were not largely significant. They didn't have a huge impact, but they did find that even professionals using rented equipment were more likely to get injured. Looking at that, we can infer a couple of things. We can try to explain that away as the equipment is badly maintained, and that may be the case. The other big thing is it may not fit you exactly right. If your equipment doesn't fit right, you are much higher at risk for those lower extremity injuries, those tears, pulled muscles, all that jazz. So basically what you definitely need to make sure you do is if you are renting equipment, you need to make sure that it has some kind of maintenance being done to it. 
and you need to make sure it fits. You need to make sure it fits. I have no advice on how you can do that other than you have the internet at your fingertips, do your homework ahead of time, make sure that you know what you're looking for when you're trying on ski equipment, because if they're rushing you wherever you are renting your equipment from, you're not going to make good choices. The last big thing that people talk about with injuries as far as skiing goes is poor visibility. Don't ski in a blizzard. I can say that a lot. It's not going to stop people. Similarly to how we can say, don't surf in a hurricane. Don't surf in a tsunami. If you are very much into those sports, you're looking at that weather going, this is so cool and everybody don't die. So please, please, please make sure you can see beyond the extent of your arm. If you are going to go out skiing, if you can't see very far, you shouldn't be out in that weather. Um, that's not a crack about glasses. Careful that you know you can see when you're skiing. If you take all of those steps as precautions, your risk of injury, like we said, is fairly low. Unless you are going to be a beginner wearing no helmet and rented equipment in a blizzard, you're most likely going to be safe. I want to throw this fun caveat in here because I thought this was interesting. A lot of times when we do research on risk reduction, they want to push education as a way of risk reduction. A study found that if you make uh, middle schoolers take a class on skiing safety, watch a video, take a test, they're still going to get injured at the same rate they were, whether or not you made them do all of that. So maybe middle schoolers just shouldn't go skiing with their school trips. That, that was how this study was conducted. It was with middle schoolers skiing on trips because they've got nothing going for them. Rented equipment, beginners, <laughs> um, and yeah. Nope. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to read more about this, definitely check out the Skiing and Trauma, the Skiing Trauma and Safety Journal. They actually have a journal for this. Um, you're going to find a lot of weird one-offs in it, just like you do with anything when you're looking at those weird one-offs. But you do find consistently that helmets work, people do better when they can see, things like that. I'd also check out that 2022 paper. Um, it's very cool. They did a lot of work with just the various Olympians who were going to be competing in the games. So they know their stuff. It's a very interesting read. Now, we've talked a lot about injuries and injury reduction, which, as we've mentioned before, injury risk rather low. Um, I don't think I actually mentioned it. Injury risk for if you're not a professional, you're looking at less than, I think it was 10 injury days per thousand, so you're still doing fine. Still very safe. Again, that's higher than like playing soccer, but you know, you have to make the decision about how safe you feel doing something. Let's talk about benefits. That's more exciting anyways. I like to talk about benefits. Good things, people. Good things. So, when you're doing Nordic skiing, you're going to see a pretty significant improvement in your cardiovascular function, and you're going to actually drop your risk of type 2. That is a very good thing. They found that in 
a wide age range, but they also have some pretty cool studies coming out from, I think it was 2019 and 2018. So these are still fairly recent stuff that has focused their efforts on looking at skiing in older adults. These are different studies, I did confirm, but with older adults, you're seeing a lot more of that act in social and just being active, going out and doing something is very beneficial if you're in that older adult category. So that's 60, 55 and older, depending on the study. You're also looking at just general overall improvement in social and mental health, which is great. Those are huge issues in our world today. Go skiing, make friends. Unfortunately, when we want to talk about health benefits, we do kind of have to talk about this circulating idea that skiing is good for you because of the hypoxic extreme cold environment. If you are not into extreme sports, you may not be aware that there has been a trend for the last 10 years of inducing hypoxia to improve performance in events. Now, what that means is you're not in a hypoxic environment during the event, but you're training in that environment. They actually sell masks specifically to induce this. What people are saying with skiing is that you're getting health benefits from repeated exposure to that reduced oxygen and the extreme cold and that somehow fixing your body. Interestingly enough, People aren't talking about how or why, but you do see this a lot on blogs and health gurus. And it was mentioned by Austria in their paper. But when Austria talked about it, they basically said, hey, we need to maybe stop saying this because we don't know. No research has been done on this, no significant research anyways. and nothing that this particular university was comfortable coming out and saying, hey, this is a thing. But it is a common assumption people have. We do know you have cardiovascular improvement when you're talking about working in a hypoxic environment versus when you go back to a normal environment. But does skiing do that better than anything else? Meh. Does repeatedly doing that while you're skiing in competition help you? Probably not. That's probably, there's no real data on it. We just have people's assumptions and people making logical inferences. If we were to make just logical inferences about that, then yes, we can say that that makes sense, but we don't know if that's true. Logic is not always true, unfortunately. There may be some benefit. There may not. We can't really say for sure, but the fact that all of these people are telling you that it's truth is mildly concerning, especially because I can't tell you where this came from. I don't know if it originated with this whole hypoxic training trend, if it originated earlier than that. It's just something that I noticed came up a lot when people were talking about the health benefits of skiing. You want to talk about the health benefits of skiing, cardiovascular workout, and diabetes risk reduction, those are great things. You see them far more with Nordic skiing than you do alpine skiing. I don't have as much data on jump skiing. There wasn't as much done there, but I can tell you that, that if it applies to alpine skiing, it probably applies to jump skiing. 
And we do know that you are putting more strain on your cardiovascular system, which is good. You want to put strain on it in controlled moderate amounts so that it stays healthy and functional. And like I said, a lot of these things, you're getting that social community aspect, which is healthy in the mental and social ways. I am looking forward to getting to do more of that research later on, but we're not there yet. And that's going to be for next season, guys. So the wrap up is skiing healthy. Yes, it is a sport. It is a sport that involves using your cardiovascular system and your muscles, and it keeps you healthy when you go out and do it. Assuming you take reasonable risk precautions. We have a very low injury rate, not the lowest, but low enough that I'm confident that y'all can be safe. Assuming you're not a middle schooler using rented equipment, going skiing for the first time, but that's it. Um, I look forward to seeing you all back here next week. Have a great weekend and rock on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.